0: Hello, hi, and welcome to a Bullet Points episode of The Emma Gunn Show, the midweek show where we take a moment to discuss something that's been sent in by you, my most excellent listeners, via DM, the Facebook group, or email. Now, as we have all navigated our re-entry, or as we navigate our reentry into the world post-lockdown, I think many of us are finding finding it quite turbulent and can find daily life a little bit more challenging or triggering than it was before. Equally after 18 months of so much uncertainty and so little human contact our base level for what we can cope with is again perhaps not what it was before and there's no shame in feeling as though your nerves are absolutely shot and to that end I think this explains why a lot of the messages I've been receiving from you via DM and email recently are from those of you who have confessed to finding that they're flying off the handle, finding things are making them feel stressed, and the culmination of all of those things is this hideous feeling of rising anxiety, as though that hot heat of panic is ready to pounce and flood the body at any time. And I can relate, I had anxiety for a long time, but actually I didn't realise it. I was one of those people who'd be called over-emotional or highly strung, but when it eventually tipped over into full anxiety, into a full anxiety attack, it was genuinely one of the scariest things that I've ever felt physically. So let's do what we can in this episode to help steer you away from anything like that, okay? Now, these are my five steps, or my five tips that I would advise anybody to help them calm down and calm down quickly. Just to, I mean, just in case you haven't noticed, I'm not a doctor. I'm not any kind of medical professional. This is my advice to you based on my experiences and also based on the conversations I've had on this show with various doctors and experts on the subject of anxiety and the things that I have also used that have worked for me. So my first step is to stop Usually, that hot feeling of anxiety and stress that sort of gurgles up from your solar plexus. It can take a while to build. Now, it doesn't mean that it's slow, but it just means that you've got a little bit of time. It's a bit like a pan of water on the cooker. That heat doesn't necessarily happen instantly or quickly, but once you hit that rolling boil of emotions, you need to stop. So, like the pan of water, take yourself off the heat. Get up, move somewhere else and be still. I don't mean stand in the corner facing the wall like the guy at the end of the Blair Witch Project. But if you can remove yourself from the situation, then do. Now, I know for a lot of people, the thing that causes them the most stress is their inbox. This is something that many of you have said time and time again on email. So, step away from the computer, put your phone down, and if you can get away from noise, screens and light, take yourself away from any stimulation for a moment. And I know this sounds really lame, but this is when sometimes I will shut the door in the bathroom, lights off and just sit on the floor and take 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes just to kind of take the edge off, remove myself from the situation so that it's not in front of me. And also the dark and the fact it's cool and it's quiet also helps. Now, that will help or it definitely helps me if I'm in a a state of low to moderate stress. And this can be just the thing. To take the edge off, but sometimes that alone won't work. It will in uh, low risk situations, so we say. So, when that's not enough, that's when step two comes in handy. And when you're away from whatever is bothering you, My second step is to breathe. If you're really stressed, removing yourself from what's caused it might not have any immediate effect because you've taken the problem with you. I'm sure we can all relate to that. You think, yes, I'm going to remove myself from the situation, but you actually take it all with you emotionally. And this is where breathing, although to be honest, it sounds ridiculous to say breathing because that's an automatic function. So let's call it breath work, even though that might sound a bit airy-fairy, but let's call it breath work. This is where breath work can help. The exercise I always recommend is the 478 breathing cycle as pioneered by the wonderful Dr Andrew Weil who's been on this podcast and he actually uh, went through this with me on the show back in early 2020 in fact he was one of the last podcasts I think I did before lockdown but anyway This breathing pattern stems from an ancient yogic technique called Pran. I'm going to get this wrong now. Pranayama and the four seven eight breath is designed to bring the body into a state of relaxation, which has been proven to be achievable. That state of relaxation has been proven to be achievable with this kind of breath work. The focus is uh, the in-breath being shorter than the out-breath and the breath hold allowing the body to replenish its oxygen supply and Dr. Weil has described it as a natural tranquilizer for the nervous system and if you've ever used it in a time of high stress you'll know it can make a huge difference. And a hugely pleasing aspect of this kind of breath work is that there are cumulative benefits, and the more you do it, the better the results. So you repeat the four, seven, eight cycle four times, that's all. So I think it, what is it, 19 seconds in total? So that times four. So it takes very little time, but it can help your body recognize it's not under threat and order all of those stress hormones to retreat and stand down. And if you think about it, if you're breathing in that way and your body's thinking, hang on a minute, there can't be a threat here because the breath is slow. I'm holding in the breath. I'm giving myself more oxygen. I don't think I need to run away from anything or attack anything. So it sends all of those stress hormones, the adrenal glands get a bit of a rest. Everything just gets told to just sit tight for a minute. Now, With all of that said, if something is really caught in your craw, then even these two things combined not be the immediate fix you need. And that's when I deploy deploy my third technique. And I'm sharing this because I have removed myself from bad situations before, done a minute of breath work, and still felt raging anger and stress at the situation. And it's because I haven't been able to let go of the actual issue. And I remember uh, this happened a few years ago actually being in a meeting and it was just I think it was something like the 30th meeting about the same thing and no progress was being made and I was somewhat meant to be in charge of what was going on and every single meeting there was just oh yeah I haven't had time to do that and I just thought I, I I don't know how to reason with anybody anymore so I thought I was being really grown up and so there was like another another whole meeting where everyone around the table had basically given an excuse instead of a progress update and I said I'm going to uh I'm going to take myself outside for five minutes and I thought oh that's being really grown up because I'm taking myself out of the situation but actually all I did was I left the room stewed and was still as angry and so a bit of taking myself out of the situation and breathwork did nothing because it didn't solve anything. So this is where combining that slowness and breathing with a methodical task can help because while your brain still has time to stew, well when my brain does, it absolutely will. Um, now in this situation I just explained I was in an office so this wasn't necessarily something that I had to hand, I probably would have gone for a walk had I known then what I know now. But if it happens to me, I work from home, And so uh, if I'm feeling this, if I've got a very overstimulating day on email, for example, I will get up and batch cook one of my favorite meals. And it has to be a recipe that requires a lot of chopping. It can't be a one pan job where you throw everything in and leave it to cook for a few hours. It has to be something where you have to be doing. I find the chopping, slicing and measuring helps my brain shift out of the gear where I'm feeling stressed or I'm at that rolling boil and just brings me back off the ledge a little bit. And I always feel calm afterwards. And again, that doesn't mean you have to suddenly say, well, I'm going to be cooking for an hour like chopping a few carrots and some mushrooms and measuring out some lentils for my beloved uh, Ian Hayes seven day basket um, mushroom and lentil bolognese probably takes about 15 minutes to do the whole thing to be completely honest um which you know you could do a walk around the block or it probably be as much time as it would take if you were in an office and you were to pop out to go and get a coffee so I find that to be a really good tip and I always feel calm afterwards and for example with the kitchen cooking thing, uh, cleaning the kitchen down, putting everything away afterwards so the kitchen looks brand new is also something that is very pleasing and again just helps take the edge off. It doesn't have to be cooking though it could be upending your underwear drawer and putting everything back in nicely it could be colour coding your wardrobe Um, just by moving a few hangers around it could be cleaning your mirrors or windows or lining up your beauty products so everything is facing the same direction it could be organizing your desk drawer it could be anything any of those little tasks can distract your brain from the stress and give your body time to calm down so you've removed yourself you've done your breath work and now you're just doing something methodical giving your brain a little bit of a break and allowing it to let go of the immediate anger because that's when knee-jerk reactions can happen and obviously we don't want that my fourth tip is actually a really important step because when you're experiencing any panic or stress it can be very very easy to think about how the world is affecting you and not interrogate how you may be interacting with and affecting the world so how does the saying go every action has an equal and opposite reaction when someone is stressed or feeling anxious, their actions can be defensive, protective, and designed to push threats further away. I know that's definitely how I am. If I'm feeling stressed, I will get defensive. I will just suddenly think everyone's getting at me. And that means that I can be spiky and short-tempered and clipped when I'm feeling that people are getting at me or being critical or overloading me with tasks. I'm already too stretched to take on. And I just feel like I'm being pushed around. It makes me feel like I'm being bullied. And so... I'm spiky for a bit and then I just disappear. Anyway, this isn't about me. But what I encourage you to do is to check your tone or flip how you're looking at the situation. So that's simply because the story you've created in your head about how people are treating you, how the world is treating you, isn't necessarily reality. Email correspondence is a fabulous example. Historically I've always hated small talk on email because it seems so fake and actually small talk in real life often seems really fake too but talking about the weather for two sentences at the top of an email when you actually have action points within the correspondence seems really redundant. But after watching Chris Voss's masterclass, he's the FBI negotiator on Instagram, I completely changed my mind. And it does make a difference in how the tone of an email conversation goes, just by putting that fluff about, oh, isn't it good, the rain stopped at the top of your email. Um, And equally, that's because you're putting out something there. You're just letting the person on the other end know that you're human, and you're not just a work machine who's saying things like, as per my last email, and that kind of thing additionally if you're someone who outwardly presents as competent and unflappable if that's how you like to be seen then if you've been doing that for a while other people the people that you work with or interact with for whatever reason may lean on you or add to your workload assuming you'll be absolutely fine so see it as a compliment and not an attack and see if that helps so don't just think about how you're feeling think about the situation and how the other people there is a dynamic at play you're one side of it other people are the other side think about how it might be appearing to them and i've noticed that a lot of self-care messaging and honestly a side note i've grown to really dislike this term self-care because the connotations have become slightly warped and it now actually feels quite selfish but if you solely focus on how the world is making you feel bad anxious stressed inadequate all of those things then you're only seeing the situation through a negative filter And you can say approach it with love or practice gratitude, but at a time when you're feeling as though you're close to the edge, it's helpful to try to take that step back and look at your situation through a different lens. It might not be possible to see it through the eyes of the other person or people involved, but definitely just remember that the way that you're seeing it might not be entirely accurate. And I also think that in any dynamic with another human, even if it's over text or email, they know something's off. If you know something's off, they think something's off. It's pretty much, I would say, guaranteed. So this neatly brings me into my fifth tip, which is, I know that I find asking for help or saying that I'm struggling really difficult. I have worked on this, but I come from a place of always worrying that if I Say that I can't cope, or that I'm struggling with my workload, or or anything. I'm showing a weakness to people, and that they'll capitalise on it and uh, point it out and belittle me. And look, we all know people who kick others when they're down, or like to keep you down. But they are the people that you need to move away from, and that is a whole other podcast. But speaking up can be really, really helpful. Like I said, if people always assume that you're very competent and you're good, or you're always um, on top of your workload. Unless you tell them otherwise, they aren't going to know to maybe back off or offer to help or in any way ease the situation for you. And so while there can be value in having a conversation with the person or people who may be the source of the stress in your mind, maybe the source of the stress, perhaps the most helpful dialogue might be with yourself. So why is this bothering me? Why has this email conversation or this IRL conversation made me feel irritated? And to give you an example, um, I will share something that happened with me recently. I felt as though I was being snapped at and bossed around over email and I was perilously close to engaging in a passive aggressive exchange. It was beginning to happen and I was trying to sort of be, hi, how are you? Nice weather, blah, blah, blah. But I was beginning to lose my temper and I was, like I said, on the verge of we were going to get into a passive aggressive exchange. And then I just thought, took myself out of the situation, thought, why is this bothering me so much? And the truth was, This person was telling me how to do my job, a job I've been doing for 20 years and feel that I'm pretty competent at. And it bothered me that someone much younger than me was telling me what I should be doing. And that's my issue, not theirs. That's completely my ego. But then I also remember what it was like to be around their age and wanting to show how much I knew and how competent I was by covering all bases and being like, no, no, I've already seen that problem. No, no, I think we should do it like this. Or I think this is the way forward. And looking back, I likely irritated a lot of people just by trying to show people how much I cared and was trying to be good at my job. So bearing both things in mind, I was able to diffuse the bomb myself, as it were. Yes, I don't love the tone. And no, I don't appreciate being bossed around by someone. Um, I always believe you should metaphorically play tennis with people who are better than you. You know, if someone in the room is cleverer than you, shut up and listen. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I hope you would know that that is my default. But I do have the power to change my reaction to both both those things. And trying to understand that the person on the other end is probably just trying to feel important and seen allowed me to do that. So shall we round up the five techniques and uh, in the hope that if you need them, they are there for you. So tip one. Physically remove yourself from the immediate situation, whether that's an in-person situation, where you have to excuse yourself for five minutes or so, or by stepping away from your devices. Step two is to breathe. Practice that Dr. Andrew Weil 478 breath. You breathe in for four, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight. He shared it on the podcast back in 2020, and I'll put the link in the show notes because he he talks you through it, and you can follow along with the man who pioneered it himself. Step three is to do something methodical, just a task that is quite mundane, but will shift your brain out of the gear of feeling uh, overactive, as it were. You'll you'll sort of um, shift down a gear. So fold laundry, cook something from scratch, organize a desk drawer, unfold and refold all your socks, give your brain something else to focus on that's a repetitive, methodical, mundane task. Four, check your tone. And if the stress has made you clipped short or you've stepped into the passive aggressive zone and let's face it we're all guilty of it. it's easily done then correct it it takes one email or one sentence you might be feeling attacked but if you act offensively you will likely get that same thing in return from the other person and my fifth tip speak up and yes, you can chat to the other person, but also chat to yourself. Ask yourself why it's bothering you. Is it your ego? What is this situation showing you? And then make a note and try to reframe it. So if it happens again, you don't have the same or similar reaction, or maybe it gives you the clarity to know that this isn't a situation that's right for you in the long term. Those are the things that I try to do. I hope that's been helpful. They really are the five things over the last few years that I have found that really help me calm down quickly. And I have a a real habit of stewing, so um, if these work for me, then I really sincerely hope that they work for you. Now, as I said at the top of the show, this is uh, an episode that was made by you because this is the kind of thing that you've been emailing and DMing me about, so don't stop. Join the Facebook group, go to the show notes and click the link to join. You have to answer a couple of questions and agree to the forum rules, but I can't wait to see you there. Ask questions like, you can ask anything, say that your boss is being a pain in the bum and you want some help. Honestly, it's a lovely community of people who'll be only too happy to help. If you'd prefer to email me directly, then I'm at the, the no, I'm not. I'm, I'm at the beauty podcast. I'm the beauty podcast at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. And like I said, it's always my favourite part of the day to hear from you. I really appreciate your time. If you're feeling stressed or anxious or over the edge, then uh, I hope that this has been helpful. And if you need a resource that's far more Uh, professional or uh, in depth than these tips then I will put the link in the show notes to uh, places like the Samaritans and counseling online counseling services because they are also brilliant resources if something like this isn't going to help in the short term thank you so much for listening I will see you on the next one